guys, I'm Ange. And I'm Jay. And welcome back to WTF True Crime and Other Shit. There you go. You got to say the opening. Look Congratulations. I'm in the big leagues now. <laughs> so we just want to say sorry for this episode being a day late. Our son had a music recital on our recording day and it just threw our whole day off schedule. Yeah, so. it was really cool, but it took up pretty much... A lot of our energy for that, so... <laughs> yeah, we got home, we were pretty exhausted, so we're like, eh, we're gonna skip it. <laughs> yeah, so now you get us a day later. Yeah, so sorry about that. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you to Kristen. She has been, like, pimping out our show to all of her friends nice. and all of her... Yeah, so she, um, she was talking to her friend Christina, and I guess Christina had said, hey, I'm listening to the show and I'm really enjoying it, so thank you for listening, Christina. We're very happy that you're liking it. Yeah, welcome to the club of <laughs> awesome listeners. Yeah, we're super excited. And I don't know if any of you guys saw the rap, the Spotify wrapped thing that I posted to the Instagram and the Facebook page, but we have, like, six listeners listeners which i mean it's not a whole huge amount but for us that is yep. six listeners that we are their number one podcast <laughs> so thank you for that and i think there was like i think it was either 16 or 25 that were in their top 10 yeah so, so that's awesome that's awesome so thank you very much guys I, we appreciate that and we love everybody that listens we do yeah tell your friends we want more listeners <laughs> yeah we would love more but i mean we're happy with our little family but we would love more as well and i was just thinking back to what you just said Kristen's pimping us out. She needs a pimp name now. <laughs> a pimp, a pimp name. Yeah. And what would that be? I don't know. If she's our pimp. We got to give her a pimp name. <laughs> okay. Gator. I don't know. We'll we'll think on that and come back to that. <laughs> anyway, do you have anything else that you wanted to add? Um. No. No. We got um. You got a toque now with our logo on it, and it's black. Oh yeah, I did get that just today. Yeah. Yes, so I mine's. Love it. Mine's gray. He has a black one. I'll post a picture of the black one. It looks really cool, too. Yep. So those are available if anybody wants any. They're really warm, too. Like, super warm. They're really good, yeah. Yeah, we love them. But anyway, and they're big because you have a big head and they fit I your have head. a massive head and it fits perfectly. <laughs> yeah, so they're good. So, uh, yeah, anything else? No. No. You want to just jump right in? Jump in. This is a fucking crazy case, so. Oh, uh, another one? I always pick crazy ones. All right. But no children this time. So okay, well, that's, that's good. Yeah. So you've probably heard of this guy, but. Robert William Picton, who went by Willie, was born on October 24th, 1949, to parents Leonard and Louise Picton, and was raised on a pig farm owned by his family in Port Coquitlam, B.C. He had an older sister named Linda and a younger brother named David. Linda was sent to live in Vancouver and grew up away from the farm, which I think is odd. Yeah. Why would they just send her away? Be like, oh, just only the, the one? Only the boys get to stay on the farm. The girl has to leave. Maybe she wasn't pulling her weight. <laughs> Maybe, but I don't even know where they sent I couldn't find out where they sent her, just to Vancouver. I don't yeah. know if she went to a just family Just go to Vancouver. <laughs> That's how it is in Canada. It's just Vancouver, Toronto. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just go wherever. there. You'll find, you'll find a new family. Yeah. Um, so Picton was known to be awkward and strange, and his father, Leonard, wasn't involved in raising him or his brother. So he was like kind of around but not really hands well, he's busy on. working the farm man i guess so no time enough for kids all right so his mother louise worked long hours as well and she was described as a workaholic she expected the same of her sons and made them work a lot on the farm even on school days this caused the boys to always have a certain stench about them so they're kind of stinky wow um so also she would not allow the boys to take showers insisting instead that they take baths which was, what? I know, I don't understand why. That's weird. I know, I don't get it, but whatever. So this resulted in Robert Picton being afraid of showers and likely not washing as frequently as he should have. Why would you be afraid? I don't know, his, his mom didn't want him to do it, so... Did she tell ghost stories about showers? <laughs> I don't know, but he was afraid of them. 
And he didn't bath very regularly, so... I've never heard of anyone afraid of showers. Well, now you have. I have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So this, along with the fact that Picton never wore clean clothing, caused him to be unpopular in school. He stank. He stank and he wore dirty clothes. Stinky kid. Yeah. And also, he's he was very strange, as we mentioned, and he was said to have hidden in pig carcasses as a child if he wanted to avoid someone. Okay, well... <laughs> Maybe that's why he stung. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. yeah you, don't, you don't hide in a freaking pig carcass. Well, you know, if he was avoiding someone, that's, that was his hiding spot. Wow. Yeah, some kids hide under the bed or in a closet. Nope, pig carcass for me. <laughs> so, yeah, he wasn't very hygienic, to say the least. That uh, That's crazy. Yeah. This guy is weird. Yeah. There has been one disturbing story about the Picton family that has come to light, and it's not hiding in pig carcasses, as you might think. Yeah, like, so the whole family was a little strange. Like, Robert was the one that was most strange, but they were very strange. Okay. Although it didn't involve Robert directly, it involved his younger brother David and happened just before his 18th birthday. On October 16, 1967, David Picton was driving his father's pickup truck shortly after getting his license. He ended up hitting a 14-year-old boy named Tim Barrett, who was walking along the side of the road. He raced home to tell his mother. Louise and David returned to the scene of the accident where they found Barrett lying injured but still alive. According to the Toronto Star, Louise bent over to inspect him and then pushed him into a deep, slow... I don't know if it's a slough or a slough or whatever. It was like a, like a trench almost. A trench. Yeah. Before leaving. The next day, Barrett was found dead. Why would you fucking push him in the fucking ditch? Because uh, she didn't want her kid to get in trouble for hit and run, I guess. Which, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. An autopsy revealed that he had drowned and this is, that his injuries were severe but would not have killed him. Well, what a piece of shit family move. Yep, so if they had called like an ambulance and he got into the hospital, he would have lived. Wow. But his mom's like, nope, into the ditch with you. Jeez, I guess she wanted to give him a bath. <laughs> I guess she did. Yeah. Well, that didn't work out so well. As an adult, he remained on the farm but cl- chose to live by himself in a trailer on the property. It was there that he eventually ran a small livestock operation with his brother, David. Instead of getting a guard dog like most people do, the farm was guarded by a boar. The boar apparently would bite or chase trespassers. This story gets fucking weirder. We haven't even scratched the surface What are you talking yet? about? Oh, we have not scratched the surface. This is a fucked up family. Holy fuck. Yeah. Is there a movie about this family? There's a... a sounds, docu- like, sounds like Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> No, there's a documentary, but I don't think there's a movie. There might be. I don't know. But So in 1996, Picton and his brother sold part of the farm for $5.16 million. Just part? Just a part of the farm, but they became freaking millionaires Jesus. overnight. Yeah. So after that, they started a charity called the Piggy's Palace Good Times Society. <laughs> wow. Yeah. The PPGTS? <laughs> yeah. So they would host parties at the farm to raise funds for different groups in need. So, I mean, that sounds good, right? Yeah. So the parties were quite, lar- quite large, with over 1,700 people attending. What? Yeah, very big. They had, a, I, they had a huge farm. Even selling some of it, it was massive. But why would they... That's a lot of people to go to the suddenly millionaire people's piggy palace. I know. Whatever it's called. I know. Good times, whatever. <laughs> Piggy's Palace Good Times Society. Society, that's hilarious. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so, but some of the people that attended the parties were less desirable members of society, and the neighbors would complain of noise and drug use. In 2000, the city of Port Coquitlam shut the charity down. 
So between 1978 and 2001, at least 65 women were reported missing from Vancouver's downtown east side in a 10-block stretch called the Low Track. I don't know why it's called the Low Track, but... Hmm. So many of those disappearances went unnoticed at the time because the women were estranged from their families. Over the years, the disappearances increased in frequency. Rumors of a serial killer began to spread, but the police refused to acknowledge this as there were no bodies. Yeah, you can't have a serial killer that killed people. Well, you could have a serial kidnapper, right? Yeah, but you said serial killer. Yeah, I guess so. But but anyway, they were hesitant to even launch an investigation as this would have strained police resources. Oh, no. Terribly sorry. What the that fuck we're... are they for? <laughs> yeah. Terribly I can't sorry look we're... for these missing people, man. I got too much donuts to eat. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, nevertheless, sex trade workers who worked in that area began walking in groups and writing down the license plates of the cars that picked them up. So, I mean, that's smart. Tag team prostitutes? Yeah. But dis- but despite this extra measure of security, the disappearances continued. So, mm, didn't matter. No. Nope. Many, and also many of the women who went missing were indigenous. Of course. Mm-hmm. On March 22nd, 1997, Wendy Lynn Eistetter was taken back to the Picton farm by Willie. There she was handcuffed on one arm and stabbed repeatedly. I just have to say, I interchange his name, but sometimes I call him Picton, Picton, sometimes it's Robert, sometimes it's Willie, it's all the same person. So I Willie, just, Robert, and Picton is the same It's guy. all the same guy, because his name is Robert Picton, but he went by Willie, so I just, I, I, I called him everything. Well, it's a good thing you actually mentioned that, because it's probably people like, who the fuck are you <laughs> talking about Who the fuck is now? Willie? It's the same guy. <laughs> Picton and Wendy ended up being treated at the same hospital as he had a stab wound as well from Wendy fighting back. Picton was arrested and charged with attempted murder, assault with a weapon, and forcible confinement. All the charges were dropped due to Wendy not being seen as a credible witness because she was a drug addict, despite the fact that the key to handcuff that Wendy was wearing was found in Picton's pocket. Yeah. What? So she's not a credible witness, but... She got stabbed! <laughs> yeah. Oh, a... no, I don't believe those. And he was also stabbed and treated at the same hospital, but and he has the handcuff that matches the fucking handcuff... Or he has the key that matches the handcuffs that she's wearing, but he didn't do it. Man, it's because the police said it. Man. They're eating donuts. Too busy eating donuts. <laughs> they don't know how to solve crimes. Like... But this one literally solved itself. Holy fuck. Yeah. Picton claimed that she was a hitchhiker who had attacked him. Yep. So she attacked him (laughs) and she got that many stab wounds. Right. Right. And he just found a. And she handcuffed herself too. Yeah. Yeah. In the spring of 1999, an informant told the Vancouver police that their friend Lynn Ellingson had seen a woman's body hanging at the Picton farm. Ellingson was questioned by police but denied the story. She later confessed that the story was true and she did see a body, but had lied to police because she was afraid of Picton and also relied on him for drugs. So, hmm. yeah, so she, yeah, she was an unreliable witness, but... Yeah, but did they believe that one? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it seems pretty unreliable to me. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she needs stab wounds. Oh, my God. That would make her less reliable. Yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. Later in 1999, Bill Hiscock, who worked for the Pictons, told the RCMP that a friend of Willie's told him that she had seen women's clothing, purses, and ID at the farm. This was the second time that Hiscock has contacted the police, but they stated that they couldn't get a search warrant without physical evidence or an eyewitness report. So they're like, oh well, you're telling me this, but oh well. Oh, you well. didn't see it, your friend saw it, so we can't do anything. Yeah, you're sick, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In February of 2002... Another former employee of the Picton family told the RCMP that he had seen illegal guns in Picton's home. This time, because this informant was an eyewitness, they were able to get a search warrant. On February 5th, 2002, officers raided the farm. 
There they found several illegal and unregistered guns. They also found several items belonging to missing women on the property. They found clothing and shoes, hmm, just like that other person said, and an asthma inhaler that was prescribed to Serena Abbotsway, who had been reported missing. The blood of another missing woman, Mona Wilson, was also found in a motorhome on the property. Because of this, a second search warrant was obtained to investigate further. Many bones and body parts were found in the pigsties on the farm. During this more in-depth search, police found skulls cut in half and stuffed with human hands and feet, a jawbone, and teeth from a victim, and a twenty-two revolver with a dildo attached to the barrel. What? <laughs> Why? Mm, yeah, well. That's not a bayonet. <laughs> they also found three fifty-seven Magnum rounds, two pairs of fur-lined handcuffs, kind of oh, like what the other girl had, yeah. a pair of night vision goggles, and photos of a garbage can containing remains of a victim. And after testing that dildo, it was confirmed that that it contained DNA of both Picton and a victim on it, and Picton has stated that it was used as a makeshift suppressor. Oh, so like a silencer. Yeah. Shooting through the dildo. I guess so. Hmm. But what? So he has millions of dollars, and he can't go buy a fucking suppressor on the black market or anything? No, he's got to buy a dildo. Got to use the dildo. (laughs) On February 22nd, 2002, Picton was arrested and charged with two counts of murder, which would eventually be bumped up to a total of 26 murder charges. While Picton was being held in Surrey, B.C., he was in a cell with an undercover police officer. Picton, having no reason to suspect otherwise, assumed that he was another inmate and told the officer that he had murdered 49 women and he wanted to make it an even 50. Pretty cool, eh? Yeah. But he was caught one too soon. Fucking dream's dead. (laughs) The Picton pig farm became the largest crime scene in Canadian history. And it still is. To this Whoa, day. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that was only 21 years ago. Like, but I heard so. of this guy, but like, I didn't know he was fucking dildo guns and <laughs> fucking. And yeah. That many. That's a lot. Yep. The Picton Pig Farm became the largest crime scene in Canadian history. Police took 200,000 DNA samples and sifted through 383,000 cubic yards of soil looking for human remains. 200,000 DNA samples. That's a lot. And 383,000 cubic yards. Hmm. Like, that's how big this that's farm is. That's like another is. half of the farm. Yeah, like, the farm is fucking massive. Damn. The investigation cost approximately $70 million. Now, see, if they would have fucking put the donuts down 20 years earlier, mm-hmm. it would have cost them, like, 25 bucks for a tank <laughs> 20... of gas to go out and arrest them. Yeah, like, when What's-Her-Face got... Oh, sorry, that's really, really mean to the victim. Not what's-her-face. I believe her name was Wendy. When yes. she got stabbed, yes. like, maybe they should have just, um... Exactly. You know, done some work then. But yeah, but, you know, that's a little reliable to me. I would definitely take stab wounds as a, a credible thing. Yeah. To look at. at least look into it. Exactly. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Through police investigation and a taped confession, it was determined that the, at least two different methods were used to kill the woman. Some were stabbed and some were injected with antifreeze. Well, how nice. <laughs> Those are weird. Like, that's not even close to being the same. <laughs> well, what was he using the dildo gun for then? No one died from <laughs> the dildo di- gun? Nobody died from shooting. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I don't know. After murdering the woman, Picton would either take their bodies to a meat rendering plant or grind them up and feed them to the pigs on the farm. That's cool, right? Yeah, it's the fucking piggy palace parade or <laughs> Good time society. Right? <laughs> Good time society. <laughs> Except for everyone that died there. Yeah. Picton's trial began on January 22nd, 2007. 
Nearly five years after his initial arrest. That's a long time. Yeah. But I guess they had like... Oh, that's a lot of land to go through. Exactly, and so many victims and all this stuff. Yeah, so. all 200,000 DNA samples. Yeah. He pleaded not guilty to 27 charges of first-degree murder. No, yeah, it wasn't me. It was a fucking hitchhiker, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Not much else is known about the trial or the case due to a publication ban. But we know that the first six charges were related to women who they were able to confirm their identities through DNA matches. They are Marnie Lee Frey, Georgina Faith Pappen, Brenda Ann Wolfe, Andrea Josbury, and the two women who we have previously mentioned, Serena Abastwe and Mona Lee Wilson. Yeah. So they, those are the only ones that they can actually Jeez, confirm. Jeez, only, only six? Yeah. So even though this case happened over 20 years ago, oh yeah, that's what I wanted to say too. Like, Canada's publication laws drive me insane. Because they can't, they, they can't publish anything about the trial, just because it's still a, an open investigation. Really? Yeah. Why? Because oh, I'm getting to that. Oh. <laughs> Even though this case happened over 20 years ago, it is still considered an active and open investigation. According to one witness, Picton claimed that he raped his victims before murdering them. But is that witness reliable? <laughs> I do not know. He's then said to have bled them and gutted them before putting them through the grinder or the wood chipper. He also claimed that he would mix them with ground meat from the pigs and give that meat to friends and That's family. That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. The government actually put out a warning after he was arrested saying, like, if you have any meat from him, you probably shouldn't eat it. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not kidding. The BC government did that. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah, that's it. Can you imagine being like, oh, I got this no. meat from fucking Willow. Imagine hearing that on the radio as you're chewing into your burger. Like, oh, uh... I would, yeah, I would be vomiting. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah. So on December 9th, 2007, he was found guilty of second degree murder by a jury of the first six murders. He was sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for 25 years. The other charges have been stayed, and a spokesperson for, for the Crown stated that they are likely to be discontinued. So that's why it's still open because there's still twenty, there's still um, oh, all those people like still. twenty ah. murders still that they can't they can't conclusively pin on him. I guess they don't have enough evidence for them, so they're still it's still an active investigation. That's crazy. They're yeah. there. Obviously, if six of them you can know, then he did the rest. Yeah, but there's only six that they have enough evidence for. That's so. fucked up. Yeah. So in 2010, a BC government inquiry began to examine how the case was handled by the authorities. The report was completed in December 2012 and said that blatant failures by police had led to a tragedy of epic proportions, including inept investigative work and prejudice against sex trade workers and Indigenous women. Because of this inquiry, the Vancouver Police Department has changed how they handle missing persons cases. Their investigation started immediately without delay. The family is advised and consulted before the info is released, and the case file is kept open until the missing person well, is located. Oh, would you look at that? Yeah. Progress. So, yeah, they're like, hey, maybe you should actually fucking look into these That should be women. called, like, the put down the donuts movement. <laughs> Do some fucking work. work. <laughs> so just to recap, this is a brief timeline of events for all the women that Picton did or likely murdered. 1991, one suspected murder. 1995, another suspected murder. 1996, two suspected murders. 1997, four suspected murders and one confirmed. So in 1997 is when he starts to ramp up his game. Yeah, he's like, holy fuck, I'm, not, I'm getting away with this shit. Let's yeah, go. Yep. 1998, four suspected murders. 1999, four suspected murders and two confirmed. 2000, two suspected murders. And in 2001, five suspected murders and three confirmed. 
And he was arrested in early in 2002. So Damn. if he wasn't arrested, there probably would have been fucking 10 in 2002. Well, yeah, because he, he was escalating for he was sure. going crazy there. Yeah. There are three more suspected murders with unspecified dates. So I guess they couldn't, they, they were, they probably found bones, but they couldn't figure out who they belonged to or when they went missing or whatever. Yeah. So Robert Willie Picton, the piece of shit, <laughs> he wrote a book titled Picton in his own words. It was on Amazon, but it was removed after a public backlash. Yeah, like, I wouldn't, like, you don't give him, does he get money from it? Yeah, because he wrote it so he would get money. See, I want, I want to read it really badly, but I don't want to support him. No, so. fuck that guy. But it should be, a, be like, hey, it's online for free if you want to read yeah. it. But. <laughs> but he should have to, is he alive? Yep. So he should have to pay if anyone wants to read the book. Yeah. It should be reverse. <laughs> yeah, money's coming out of your commissary, dude. Yeah. <laughs> In 2018, Picton was transferred to the maximum security facility, Port Couchier in Quebec, where he remains today. He is currently 74 years old and still a piece of shit. So he was arrested 16 years ago. So he still has nine more years until he can be um, eligible for parole. So by then, he'll he'll be 83. So I don't really think he'll... I'm hoping he doesn't live that long, but... That's fucked. That guy's crazy. He's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. He killed anywhere between 26 and, he says, 49 women, so. Damn. Yeah. But he's only charged for six. Crazy. Yeah, so he is the most prolific serial killer in Canada's history ever. I notice a lot of these cases are because of stupid-ass police. Yeah. And it's fucking making me angry. I know. Yeah, I know. We should change this podcast to stupid-ass fucking police and shit they fucked up. (laughs) But... We don't hate the police because if we need them, we are going to call well, on no, them. Well, no, but now. I mean, like all these cases that we've been doing lately, like the police aren't even doing a full, complete job. I so, know. police do a full, complete job. Yeah. Please. Yeah. That's all we ask. That's all we ask. Yeah, because you know that's kind of what you're paid for. Like if I come up to you because I'm stabbed, be like, "Hey, man, this guy stabbed me," and you're like. No, no, I'm, that's not credible. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, you're not you a good eyewitness. You seem tired. You probably just dreamt that stabbing. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that was the case of Robert Willie Picton. Yeah. He's crazy. He's he looks, fucked up. Have you seen a picture of him? He looks really no. crazy. Are you going to post one later? Yes. Segway. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I will post a couple pictures to our Facebook page, our Instagram page. Uh, Facebook page is just WTF True Crime Podcast. Instagram is WTF True Crime Pod. And you can email us at WTF True Crime Pod at gmail.com. Why didn't you make them all podcasts? I Why don't, are some pod? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I that thought really of that. affects my OCD. I know. Well, they're all pod except for the Facebook page. That, that just has cast on the podcast. End? Okay. Yeah, but all the rest. Instagram and, and email are pod. Okay. Because I just thought it'd be cool to just end it with pod. It'd be so edgy and cool. Don't get confused, listeners. It's pod. Except if you want... for Facebook. <laughs> podcast. Yeah, but if you type, if you look in Facebook and you're typing in WTF True Crime pod, it'll come up. Okay. Yeah. It'll just show what the bird Maybe that's why I don't have too many listeners because everyone's confused. They're like, what I is don't... this? No, because they can, no, that, that, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just because they can't find our Instagram page or our, our Facebook page, they can still. Yeah, listen. I guess so. Yeah. We have it. Yeah, it's fine. All right. <laughs> anyway, so we're tired. I was pretty giggly. I'm very fucking tired, and it's almost bedtime. It is bedtime. It's very late. 
so we're gonna end that here um don't forget to rate subscribe share tell your friends all that fun stuff order toques order hoodies whatever <laughs> yeah we can if you want anything with our logo on it it's a really fucking cool logo so we can pretty much make anything you want with it on there yeah so yeah if our pimp wants anything to pimp out to <laughs> others she has a hoodie yeah well, we should give her like a free item okay okay Kristen we're gonna give you a free item because you're awesome she's, yeah she's good word of mouth for us so see guys more <laughs> listeners referral rewards coming soon referral rewards she um <laughs> she actually I've seen you've posted a couple pictures Kristen wearing her hoodie and I appreciate that so yeah. she wears it she loves yeah. it she's, she loves she's, it. she's a good pimp she's a good pimp <laughs> alright I'm gonna end it there before we get off track even more so if you if you're still listening to this thank you if you've turned this off 20 minutes well maybe not 20 you turn this off Three minutes ago, I don't blame you. But I mean, if you turn it off 20 minutes ago, then that's kind I, of hurtful. Then I blame so, you because uh, we're only yeah. at 25 minutes. So that fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. Have a good day, guys. Have a good week. Good we'll see night. you next week. Bye. Bye.